0: You're listening to Speaking of Health and Wellness, the podcast, where we dive into holistic nutrition, biomedical treatments, functional medicine, low toxicant living, and developmental strategies with a special focus on children with complex picky eating, developmental delays, and neurodevelopmental disorders. I'm your host, Shandy Lasky, integrative speech language pathologist pediatric feeding specialist, functional nutritional therapy practitioner, and epidemic cancers certified health coach. Together, we are changing the conversation around how we view, discuss, prevent, and treat these childhood epidemics. I am so honored to have your time and attention today. Thank you for joining me and for all of your support. Please note that this podcast is for educational purposes only and should never be misconstrued as medical advice or a replacement for individualized care from your trusted providers. Now, without any further ado, let's get started. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Speaking of Health and Wellness, the podcast. I hope that you're enjoying this show so far. I have been really enjoying recording these episodes for you and um, would love to hear your feedback in the iTunes reviews. I have been grateful for the few that I've received so far. Thank you so very much. So today we are talking about a topic that I find incredibly fascinating, which is gut health. This is a massive topic. that I look forward to continuing to unpack here on Speaking of Health and Wellness, but for today's purposes, for now, we're just going to very skim the surface and do just a little Crash Course 101 type of rundown on gut health for those of you who are totally new to the subject or fairly new to the subject. Maybe you're starting to learn and you just kind of, you know, are interested in learning more. So. In episodes one and two, I shared all about my journey with chronic illness and how it led me to learning all about complex picky eating, developmental delays, neurodevelopmental disorders as whole body conditions. And in the beginning of my holistic health journey for my my own health, as I was searching for answers regarding my own symptoms, I kept coming across information on gut health, leaky gut, the gut the gut brain connection, the microbiome, etc, cetera, etc, cetera. and to be honest, the first several times that I saw it, I kind of blew it off, I kind of disregarded it, and I thought well i don 't have any stomach issues or i don 't have any digestive issues i 'm not trying to lose weight i 'm fine i don 't need to concern myself with this gut health topic and again, like if you listen to episodes one and two, you know this, I was looking at all of my symptoms very uh like in their own little on their own I didn't see it all as a connected whole body issue looking at the total load and my own gut health and the gut brain connection I wasn't there yet so for me I just I didn't think about it in terms of having digestive issues I was thinking more about my health in terms of like my acne and my anxiety and my hormones, like for a long time I thought, I just kept thinking, I have a hormonal imbalance and la la la, and I did, but it also was very much related to my gut health. And I just couldn't connect all those dots at the time. So what I'm hoping is that this podcast episode, as well as um the previous episodes and the episodes that will come after this i'm hoping that what we're doing here is really like laying down that groundwork for you to better understand all of this as well and that's why i'm telling my own story as i continue on through the the process of and um of making this podcast as we move forward because i i feel like the best way for me to explain it is to just explain how I learned it in the sequential order of things that I learned. So it wasn't until I was seeing a naturopathic doctor and a nutritional therapy practitioner for my own health that I started to take the topic of gut health more seriously and look into it more so for my own health. Um, Because again, I didn't think that it, it was anything that I needed to concern myself with which is hilarious now in hindsight because you know like I said gut health is so critical and targeting my own gut healing was actually one of the most impactful things that I've done to improve my health overall it's still very much something that I'm always keeping in mind it's why I eat the way I do it's why you know it's a big part of why I choose the lifestyle that I currently have because of the importance of gut health. And the thing is, my digestion was not fine, but I just didn't realize that. So I wasn't going number 2 every day, but I saw zero problem with that. Let's get really personal, okay? Here we are. We're diving into it. You've already if you if you're here, chances are maybe you listened to episodes 1 and 2 or one of them and so we're already uh really personal. We're beyond that, right? So, I was not going to the bathroom every day and if you or your child are not going to the ba- bathroom every day, you're not having a bowel movement every day, something needs to be explored because even if you don't identify with being constipated, which I didn't then, um, if you're not going to the bathroom every single day, you are constipated. And just to note, there are some people that can even be constipated, sometimes even if they are eliminating And having a bowel movement once a day they might still be constipated in a way it just varies right by individual so but at least once a day right at least once a day and if you're you or your child are not going at least once a day revisit episode 3 to learn more about holistic nutrition and some steps that you can take that might support your digestion And also would be supportive of gut health as well. Um, It's not a deep dive, but it's very good beginning steps. So anyways, Hippocrates, the father of medicine, is often quoted as saying, all disease begins in the gut. It's important and crucial, really, for everyone's optimal health and wellness. If you listen to episode three... Again, you know that digestion is one of the foundational pillars for health according to the Nutritional Therapy Association's curriculum. And I'm hopeful that after today's episode, you'll have a better understanding of the basics, you know, a gut health 101. And I'm hoping that this is a decent intro in layman's terms. So let's start with the gut brain connection this is the bidirectional relationship between our digestive system and our nervous system which also correlates with our immune and endocrine systems as well. All of the systems in our body are intercorrelated with one another even though too often conventional medicine likes to treat them and view them as separate and distinct but this is just your gentle reminder that it is all connected. The central nervous system is comprised of our brain and spinal cord. Also part of our nervous system is the enteric nervous system, which is found as layers in the walls of the gastrointestinal system. It is made of hundreds of millions of neurons, of of nerve cells, that are carrying motor and sensory information to and from the brain. You know, when you get butterflies in your stomach, or when you get nervous and nauseous at the same time, or you see something that like is really repulsive, and you and you say, Oh, that makes me want to throw up. Yeah, that is your enteric nervous system at play. And our digestive system is really an open end to open end system, right? Mouth to bottom, and it's closed along the way. Meaning that that system, as the food goes through our digestive system, it is really, it, it's starting, okay, so we, we we start to chew, we start to chew and we swallow the food, our brain is turning on digestion. It's telling the body to start making what it needs, like enzymes and all the digestive juices that it needs to get ready to properly break down foods for digestion from our mouth and then through our digestive system, through our organs. Ideally, we would chew and swallow the food and it would go through this digestive process where the nutrients that we need to absorb and uptake are assimilated and they're broken down appropriately appropriately and then we have a bowel movement to eliminate what we don't need that is why going number two at least once a day is so important because it's your body's trash that it needs to take out rather than just staying put any longer than it needs to in the body. Influenced by our food and lifestyle choices, our gut-brain connection is critically connected to our overall health and well-being. There are multiple routes of communication between these systems that have been well-established. And one of these primary routes of communication is the vagus nerve, our 10th cranial nerve. All children and adults all people are impacted by this gut-brain relationship childhood conditions which have been shown to be specifically related to having some sort of dysfunction or imbalance in this gut-brain connection include but are not limited to autism spectrum disorders feeding disorders um, food addictions and aversions and as we've talked about complex picky eating, like we talked about in a previous episode, motor movement disorders, including motor speech disorders, such as childhood apraxia of speech, attention deficit hyperactivity disorders, sensory processing disorders, obsessive compulsive disorders, anxiety disorders, um, as well as like general Um, being generally lethargic or extremely fatigued, and so many more. And the more you learn, the more you realize that essentially everything is related to gut health, it seems like. And it seems like the more you learn, the more you realize there's more to learn. So it's not possible to, to fully cover it in a comprehensive way here but I hope that I'm doing it some sort of justice, okay? Like, this is why holistic nutrition is so important. This is why what we're putting into our bodies is so important because we have this beautiful gut-brain connection that exists. And we can't talk about the gut-brain connection without talking about the microbiome, which is a... A symbiotic relationship between us and the bacteria that makes us. It's our, our microbial cells and their genes that keep us living and functioning day to day. The microbiome, that word refers to the microbial communities in and on our bodies and We are more bacteria cells than we are human cells. We have our overall human microbiome and then there are various microbiomes that we refer to in and on our bodies. The gut microbiome, the oral microbiome, the mouth microbiome. a uterus microbiome. I just learned there's a uterus microbiome fairly recently, which kind of blew my mind because I just, I don't know, I just hadn't even thought about it. But of course, of course there is. Um, essentially, microbiome refers to the microbial cell communities found there, um, such as bacteria, viruses, fungi, yeast, etc. And if you're new to this topic, Um, something that really blew me away when I first started learning about all this was again the fact that our bacterial cells outnumber our human cells we are more bacteria cells than human cells and when we shift our understanding to thinking about how we are composed of mostly tiny little bacteria that are essential to our health and our well-being it's easier to comprehend how we and our bacteria cells that we're mostly made of could be so impacted by our food and our lifestyle choices the human microbiome or microbiomes are changing throughout our lives based on our exposures and our lifestyles and um what we're what we're doing what they're eating and how they're living and and the balance of this microbiome. The first three years of life are absolutely essential to brain development, but also to establishing a healthy microbiome foundation for life. And this is something that I'm really, really passionate about, is helping families learn how and where to start with this. Um, and sometime we will go deeper into the impacts of like birthing practices on the microbiome and what you can do to optimize your child's microbiome from birth through childhood but for today again I'm just keeping it to the introductory type of content in terms um, of gut health but yeah that brings me to my next term to share with you which is dysbiosis. Well when there is a imbalance of the microbiome that is considered unhealthy, um, that would be a dysbiosis. Specifically, gut dysbiosis is referring to the imbalance of the digestive tracts microbiome, the gut microbiome. When dysbiosis is left untreated and these, I don't want to say bad bacteria, Sometimes you'll hear people say good bacteria, bad bacteria. I try not to say bad bacteria because there's, you know, it's all about the terrain. It's all about this balance between all of the bacteria and all of the microbial different cells of the different organisms that are living within the gut. (laughs) So let's think about them more as... Opportunistic bacteria rather than bad bacteria. And we won't demonize them, but because they're opportunistic, if something goes on where there is um, an opportunity for them to take over and become the majority, they will. And when that happens, that imbalance is called dysbiosis. It's an unhealthy imbalance of the digestive tract. And when it's left untreated, Dysbiosis can easily and quickly progress into leaky gut um, is what it's often referred to, but if you are looking for information in the literature, oftentimes it will be referred to also as increased intestinal hyperpermeability. So I'll use those interchangeably. Leaky gut or increased intestinal hyperpermeability. Dysbiosis symptoms in children may include, but are not limited to undigested food in their stools or when their stools seem to just like fall apart. Um, If they are highly sensitive children and or they have aggressive types of behaviors. If there are food aversions or extreme food selectivity, complex picky eating. Um, Bloating, especially following the meal. Constipation and or diarrhea. Sometimes kids get that in combo. Sometimes they have one or the other. Again, fatigue or being lethargic. Some kiddos might have acid reflux, eczema, gas. These are all different signs of dysbiosis that may spiral into leaky gut which then exposes the bloodstream to these invaders that should have properly passed through the digestive tract, right? Again, a open end to open end system, but instead now they are sneaking their way into the bloodstream by way of this permeable intestinal lining. These little tiny holes in the stomach lining, essentially. A healthy intestinal lining helps us absorb and assimilate nutrients. This lining is also one way that our body is protecting us from outside invaders because again, open end to open end system, mouth to bottom. What goes into the mouth is supposed to come out the other end and the body keeps what it needs through the proper digestive process. The intestinal lining is supposed to be permeable enough to allow properly digested nutrients to pass into the body and the bloodstream. And imagine though, these little cells that line your gut lining, imagine that they look like little finger-like cells and I usually show this explanation with a video with clients, but picture this picture this with me now, and I'm, I'm literally doing this with my hand right now, <laughs> as I'm explaining it to you. Hold out your hand with your fingers together gently. This is a very like simplified version of an explanation. OK? But if we're looking at just our fingers and just very gently holding them together out in front of us, palm up. Your fingers are together very gently. We're gonna say that this represents the tight junction cells of your gut lining, of that intestinal lining. You may see some space and room for the light to come through your hand where you can see through the small spaces between your fingers to see what is just on the other side of your hand. Think about that. As the healthy gut lining, a very simplified version for these purposes right now. Think about that as the healthy, tight junction cells of the gut. When the gut wall becomes inflamed or damaged over time from our food or from our lifestyle, um, these tight junctions at the cellular level become progressively more and more loose over time, more damaged it would be like, if, again, if we're looking at our fingers, it would be like starting from the tops, your fingertips, slowly over time, you keep losing knuckles, eventually, and, and the fingers spread wider and wider. Eventually, if you're imagining this as the tight junction cells that are serving as a barrier between you know, your digestive system and the body, you could see that slowly over time this allows particles that were never meant to go into the bloodstream it allows them to go in and this sets off a systemic inflammation from the immune system and other various process processes throughout the body so picture this as your fingers slowly spread apart And picture the tips of your fingertips are missing and if you're thinking about this as cellular tight junctions and we can think about how these cells would be too loose they're hyperpermeable and they let these proteins and different molecules and pathogens into the bloodstream again they should have never been there they should have been eliminated through digestion sent down the toilet but instead now they've been able to enter through this hyperintestinal permeability, AKA leaky gut. So now the immune system sees these invaders and has to decide how it's going to respond. And that response from the body's immune system, which is correlated with the nervous system and the endocrine system and all other systems can look different for everyone. But what happens is what we're able to see, which are the symptoms, right? And so now this is how we think about conditions, which are, or or diagnoses, which are uh, a label, a term for a collection of symptoms. So what happens is it's very, the underlying issue is very similar for many people, but the symptoms can be different. If that makes sense we'll dive we'll keep we'll keep elaborating on this when the gut is inflamed the brain is inflamed have you heard this quote you might have heard leaky gut leaky brain the brain also has a lining of tight junctions that are similar to the cells of the gut lining So generally, what passes through the gut lining and what can impact or damage the gut lining can also do the same or similar things to the blood-brain barrier, which then is exhibited by cognitive and or behavioral symptoms or exacerbations of symptoms that they already have. So more sensitive children or children who have difficulties with aggression and rage or those children who just don't have that like emotional resilience some days like it just seems like everything just sets them off it could be something related to this this is a major major issue all of this this leaky gut issue um, among our society that is sadly very often misdiagnosed Unrecognized, undiagnosed, um, in both children and adults. For me, in particular, um, that was a big, again, this was a really big piece of my healing journey. This was a big piece of my puzzle, but I never really took it seriously until I ended up with that naturopathic doctor and a nutritional therapy practitioner. It's especially an issue, though with kiddos who have complex picky eating, developmental delays, neurodevelopmental disorders, and other special needs such as Down syndrome, for example. Some common symptoms or signs um, that you would see of a child who may have leaky gut or this hyperintestinal permeability that might include things like food sensitivities and/or intolerances, um, or allergies like actual anaphylactic allergies, abdominal pain, anxiety, um, being overly fearful, or hesitant, cautious, malnutrition, deficiencies, gas, undigested food in their stools, bloating following meals. Dark circles under their eyes like those kiddos who have these kind of sullen eyes Um, oftentimes it pairs with kind of like a a more pale complexion Um, these kiddos are going to be more likely to have food aversions and extreme food selectivity Um, a lot of kiddos that I see with complex picky eating are dealing with some sort of some some form of leaky gut or not form, but you know what I mean. Some some level of leaky gut, whether it's more severe or more mild. Like something's going on with their gut health. If they've got that more like biochemical nutritional um, component of that picky eating paradigm going on, that's related to their picky eating, their complex picky eating. Kids who are highly sensitive or aggressive kids who are fatigued or lethargic, maybe kids who have reflux, motor planning disturbances, kids who have chemical sensitivities, um, environmental sensitivities and intolerance, eczema. You'll hear a lot of this is very overlapping with the symptoms and signs that I described um, for dysbiosis. And it is because, again, dysbiosis can lead to leaky gut. So sometimes by the time we get to leaky gut, they already have those symptoms but leaky gut kind of is the the spiral beyond right because it has has happened because of the dysbiosis oftentimes now that we've covered the microbiome and leaky gut consider how if someone has dysbiosis and leaky gut they would be more vulnerable to pathogens and different undigested food particles entering their bloodstream where they should have never been exposed and wouldn't have been exposed in any other way. Now that you've got the gist of leaky gut and our microbiome, you know that within the gut microbiome there are more bacterial cells than human cells, and that there are also pathogens like parasites and viruses and fungi, etc. When the gut becomes hyperpermeable and leaky, we are also at an increased risk of those pathogens entering the bloodstream as well, not just undigested food particles. And they can go where they want. Also crossing the blood-brain barrier and burrowing into different organs if they can, if they're that type of pathogen. When I think of kids who have experienced um, developmental cognitive and or behavioral changes after contracting some sort of illness, I think more about this. Our immune system is mostly within our gut. Well over half of our immune system depends on our gut microbiome. We have a, When we have a strong and healthy intact intestinal lining, And a healthy diverse balanced gut microbiome these pathogens aren't quite so aggressive and detrimental to our overall health because they don't have such easy access to our entire body as a whole via this leaky gut so let's elaborate and circle back to how this influences complex picky eating these pathogens can control the cravings of their host to continue to feed them. So for example, um, candida is a type of yeast that can become overly opportunistic and take over the balance of the gut microbiome when the good bacteria are killed off. And candida loves to feed on processed foods, on highly refined carbohydrate foods like breads, pastas, cookies, crackers, high refined sugar foods. When you have a child with complex picky eating who seems to have these biochemical, nutritional-related components like these addictive like cravings and drives towards foods that are of this nature and they also have other correlating symptoms of candida and dysbiosis or other gut health issues then it's probably safe to assume that it may be correlated and you can address their picky eating needs from a gut health perspective, in addition to behavioral strategies and and other strategies in the environment and around mealtimes. That would be more like above the iceberg, surface level, family and child strategies as well. To come back to food sensitivities, when the gut is compromised and extra leaky, The potential for undigested food particles to make their way on the bloodstream and then circulate the body is much higher. And again, they weren't supposed to be there. And it's this like vicious cycle. So, for some kiddos, these very low levels of inflammation, these caused by these different food intolerances and food sensitivities, sometimes that creates, for various reasons, depending on the food and, and where, what's going on here, because different molecules can create different addictive like drives, but um, sometimes what we are craving the most is what we are actually the most sensitive to, and it's like our body just, once it kind of enters that leaky gut stage it's like this vicious cycle because the gut is leaky and the immune system's going off so then as we're eating and we're being exposed to all these different foods it spirals into it might start off as just a let's say for example gluten sensitivity because oftentimes gluten can be pretty aggressive on the, that gut lining and so that's a huge A huge one that is often an issue for people and and most of the kiddos if not like all of them at some point in time that I see have a hard time with gluten digestion and if you have a hard time with this and you have a sensitivity to gluten and you don't know and you continue to eat it well, what happens is that gut lining becomes more damaged over time. And then these other food particles are able to get into the bloodstream and create these responses where now you have a food intolerance or sensitivity to these other foods because they've now entered the body in the bloodstream in this way that they never should have. Because again, we should only be assimilating and absorbing the nutrients as it's properly digested but once that intestinal lining becomes hyperpermeable it's like it opens the gate for this vicious cycle and then all the symptoms however it happens to manifest for someone oftentimes that gets a label placed on it and then if it's not followed up with a holistic nutrition and low toxicant lifestyle approach or you know this epigenetic um thought of approach, you know this this thinking functional medicine even you could say um it will likely continue to exacerbate and become more of an issue and then Sometimes prescriptions can make it worse, which is unfortunate and a topic for another time, but worth mentioning. So yeah, gut health, it's very important. So for kids who have developmental delays or neurodevelopmental disorders, these are disorders where the central nervous system is involved and or impaired in some different way early in the stages of development often diagnosed by the time the child is in preschool and you can hear more about these conditions as whole body conditions in a previous episode of mine um but what I want to note here in this episode is the gut involvement and the connections and um all of that 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 we've been talking about and how that relates to the central nervous system right again with these these neurons within the enteric nervous system and the vagus nerve, the 10th cranial nerve that runs from our brain down to our gut and controls a lot of our body movements. It has a huge impact on feeding, swallowing, speech, on gross motor, fine motor, oral motor. This this nerve is very important and this nerve is very, it has a big involvement in in this gut-brain connection. And so for children who have something going on with their central nervous system, some sort of dysfunction or impairment with their central nervous system, it only makes sense, right, that these children would need a special emphasis on improving their gut health to improve their brain development and their overall health and wellness and development um it makes such a big difference in terms of the child's regulation from a sensory and motor standpoint from a behavioral and cognitive standpoint too because if you have this leaky gut, and therefore this leaky brain, and then you've got these low levels of inflammation from your immune system responding to these foreign invaders that should have never been there because they should have been eliminated through your digestive process, well then like there's going to be dysfunction that occurs because you've got this chronic inflammation going on all the time. The body is trying to focus on bringing you back into homeostasis at all times. And so if the body is focusing on trying to repair, well then yeah, you're probably going to have less energy, attention, focus, cognitive capacity, whether it's you know conscious or not, to focus on the task at hand. I think about these kiddos who... Bang their head um, on the walls or the floor, you know. Who who have these neurodevelopmental disorders or kiddos on the autism spectrum specifically, and it. I just wonder, like, some of them. Are they in pain? I think about myself when I'm going through a um, a chemical. Or a toxicant exposure headache reaction, and I the way that I explain it is it feels like like pulses or surges or um, waves of extreme pain, where it feels like my brain is trying to like come out of my skull, and. Again, I hope I don't have to make this disclaimer, like I am not trying to say that I know what it's like to have a neurodevelopmental condition, that I know what it's like to have autism because I don't. What I'm saying is that there is so much overlap between chronic health uh, symptoms and these neurodevelopmental conditions. And a big piece of that, a big connecting factor of that, of these symptoms, is this gut-brain connection, is gut health, generally speaking. So between this episode and the previous episodes, I hope that it's starting to come together a little bit more on how these conditions um how complex picky eating developmental delays neurodevelopmental disorders and these 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 different demographics of of kids of how these are whole body conditions and how gut health is that major connecting factor and how lifestyle factors and nutrition can play a role like I'm really trying to put the pieces together. And if it feels like the pieces have not been put together, I encourage you to go listen to the prior episodes before this to to continue building that foundational knowledge. I hope that this has been helpful. I hope that this has been educational and insightful. I hope that this has served you. If you enjoyed this episode, please come leave me a review on iTunes. Join us in our Facebook group, Um, shout me out on Instagram or slide into my DMs, whatever you want to do. Let me know how you are liking this episode and the podcast so far. I would love to hear and I am looking forward to sitting down and recording the next one for you guys. Until then, take care and I will talk to you soon. Thanks again for listening to Speaking of Health and Wellness, the podcast. I'm so grateful you've taken the time. For any of the references mentioned in the show, head over to speakingofhealthandwellness.com. If this episode resonated with you or inspired you, it would mean so much to me if you took a moment to subscribe, write a review, share it on social media, or with someone in your life who could really benefit from this information. Your support helps this podcast and the overall message and mission of Speaking of Health and Wellness reach more people. If you share on Instagram, tag me so I can personally thank you for listening. If you're on Facebook, come join our free community group of like-minded parents and professionals. The direct link is in the podcast description. I hope that you have a wonderful rest of your day. Thanks again so much and take care.